Talk. Entertaining and informative radio for the Sunshine State. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Stream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car's been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friend, Corey, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Okay, now remember, honey, we don't have to buy anything, so don't, you know, cave into the salesman's pressure. Got it. Okay. Hello, folks. Welcome to the Kurt Jones Autoplex. I am Kurt Jones. I reckon you're interested in a vehicle. Let's pray. <laughs> Lord Jesus, thank you for bringing these customers to Kurt Jones Buick, where the Lord lifts you up and Kurt lowers the prices. Allow them to haggle and negotiate, make sure they get a fair price, but also see that the dealership makes a healthy profit. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Yeah. Right, I'm Jeff. This is my wife, Abby. We're, we're looking for a four-door, like a sedan, maybe. We don't really know, but we, we know we're not ready to buy yet. Okay. Dear Jesus, again, please help Jeffrey and Abigail find a four-door sedan with power windows, we, we just a looking. sunroof, we don't need that. and a six-disc CD changer that comes standard in the Buick Lamonte Limited Edition. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Limited Edition? Yep. Jesus wants you to get in that car. Sit in that car. Follow me to the promised land. Reminds me of the book of Psalms. How many are your works, O oh Lord? In wisdom you made the Buick Lamonte. I'm sorry, it, it, it says Buick in the Bible? Let me tell you something. God made the Buick, and the devil made the import. I like the interior. Oh, yes. Feel the leather. Do you feel it? Well, I... Can you feel the lumbar support lifting up your spirits? Do you feel it? Well, I... Can you I... feel the seat warmers warming your soul? Can you feel it? Do you feel it? Yes. Yes! I feel it! I feel it! Now raise your hands through the optional sunroof and give it up to the Lord! Oh, praise Jesus! Hey, we're Jewish! I remember I was tempted once in the back seat of a Lamonte. Testify, sister! Oh, the radio was playing Belle Bib DeVoe! Oh. The temptation was all around me! The devil and poison was all around her! With Chris Reese. Hallelujah. 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 H
Yes, Abigail, you have given so much to the Lord, and now you shall receive. You shall receive his mercy. You shall receive his glory. You shall receive a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty. Mr. Jones, we're just looking. Well, whoa, whoa, no, 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 honey, honey. We don't even know what the price is. Let me talk to my finance and manager. Okay. Dear Jesus, are there any financing options that will allow Jeffrey and Abigail to purchase this vehicle? Who I'm, I'm getting a message. I am getting a message from the Lord. I am getting a message from the Lord. I am getting a message from the Lord. Oh, I hear you, Lord. I hear you, Lord, and clear. Yes, He's telling me. He's telling me we have. 1.9% financing for 24 months! Yes! 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 Praise Jesus! Hallelujah! What is this? What is this? She's speaking in tongues! Praise Jesus! Save! Your money has been saved! Yes! Save! Yes! Yes, yes, we sold another Lamonte. No, we didn't. Well, I shall throw in free floor mats. <laughs> no. GPS navigation system. <laughs> no. Free tank of gas and spinning rims. <laughs> Praise Jesus. Yeah! But I'm 30, but I'm 30, 30, 50, 50, 100, 100, 100, 100 sure that you're going to have to tune in and check it out. Nostalgic Radio and Cars. That's right, folks. Dan and Laura Dotson here. Storage Wars, back on the air. A&E TV, 10 o'clock, 9 o'clock Central, and don't forget us on. That's right, folks. Here we are today in Nostalgic Radio and Cars, having a good time. And don't forget to pay the lady, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, Nostalgic Radio and Cars.
Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuned in to Nostalgic Cleveland Cars. I'm your host, Robert. Run your computers and Google Tantalk1340.com. And you can see us live here in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. And don't forget, if you've missed any of our past shows, go to our archive page where you can listen to all 400 and, I don't know, I lost count shows. Anyway, uh, we are live, obviously, in downtown Clearwater. And we're kind of playing around with, uh, how you doing tonight, Tommy? Oh, just great, Robert. Okay, so now let me get this straight. So we have a YouTube camera over here on one side. Got YouTube to the right of a, you. And, and we have a Facebook. Facebook to the left. Facebook. Oh, that's kind of like that song, you know. In fact, I should have thought about that. Uh, uh, Steeler's Wheel. See if you can find that song. We'll play that one. Steeler's Wheel. I think Jerry Rafferty was in that one. And uh, we'll play that one. Um, now, here's the way this works. Because even though we have, what's that called? An ASCAP license? So we can play music, right? But YouTube doesn't know this, so what YouTube will probably do, once we start playing the music, we play more than a minute or two minutes of it, they'll go ahead and shut us off because they're not, uh, they're not smart enough to figure that out, that we're live radio and we actually have an uh, ASCAP license, which we pay for the rights to uh, access music. Any rate, uh, so the beginning of the song, beginning of the song, beginning of the show, uh, we did this little clip on uh, Mad TV about the car salesman thing. And then after that, you heard this truck that was trying to start. That was actually my trusty 743 Ford Excursion, that uh, 7.3 diesel Ford Excursion, yes. And um, I can't remember when that was, but Bobby and I did that a long time ago because at one point we were on our way to get to the show, and I had some trouble starting my truck, and we just happened to record it. So that's what you heard. That was a live recording. In fact, most of the recordings on here are live, you know, at sound effects and things of that. We either come somehow take them from uh, either the racetracks that I go to or maybe a drag strip or maybe a parking lot or something of that nature. Anyway, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to actually open the phone lines. We don't normally do this, but because uh, we don't have any guests coming on, not until next week, and uh, we decided to just do a couple of open shows. No, because we were kind of experimenting with some of this YouTube and Facebook thingy here, so I kind of want to get this down to a pat, as they say, and see if I can uh, get a handle on this a little bit, because I'm not exactly the most tech-savvy guy in the world. At any rate, uh, if you want to give us a call here at the studio and rant about cars, uh, go ahead and give us a call here at 727-441-3000. That's 727-441-3000. If you're out of the area, let me put my glasses on here and my other set of eyeballs, and let's see. It's 1-866-826-1340. And I'm looking at my screen here, so I point that way, and I point to, I don't know where, so we got one Facebook, see this is goofy, I mean I, I had to actually kind of rearrange this a little bit, okay, so that's the Facebook camera. Facebook that's, to the left. Facebook to the left of me, and YouTube to the right, just like the song says. You know, stuck we'll do, in the we'll, middle with stuck you. Stuck in the middle with me. The hokey pokey, too, we could be doing the hokey pokey here. At any rate, we're going to have some fun here tonight. Uh, next week, we're going to start our... Summer series, Legends of the Summer series, and lastly we did this. We had Dick Dale on. We had uh, Ming Copeland and Greg, uh, Greg the Bull. Can't think of his last name now. Um, the surf dude. Both of them made surfboards at one time. We had May Myers Manx or May, uh, Bruce Myers on from the the creator of the Manx Doom Buggy. We had uh, Dick Dale on. Yeah, yes, I did. Dick Dale. And one other person, I can't remember who it was. See, this is what happens when you get old. Your memory just kind of like, it goes, right, Tommy? 
And without warning. Oh, I forgot what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, right. Say what? Oh, what about the hearing's the next thing, right? They think. Um, uh, but anyway, okay, so. So it's a summertime theme. It's a summer. Yeah, well, Legends of the. Yeah, it's kind of like a series that we do in the summer, and we're going to kind of focus on a couple of. Um, uh, people that were kind of notable in the could be in the car industry, probably more than likely, yes, the music industry because we're big music fans here, uh, musicians. So we've got some people tentatively lined up. In fact, one person in particular, I won't reveal who it is yet, just yet, but they were a sessions musician um, back in the 50s, 60s, and early 70s. And what a lot of people don't realize and is that a lot of the bands. Okay, when they were in the actual recording studios, did not play their musical instruments. They actually just showed up and sang. They were basically the, you know, the, they were the vocals. That's what it was. And, uh, and they had these session musicians in there that were professional. And sometimes these recordings would take place four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve hours a day. That's how long these people were recording. And they had some of the finest musicians around. Some of the people that were original session musicians went on to be professional and well-known artists. Uh, Leon Russell, for example, Glenn Campbell. These are all people that started out as recording um, session musicians. When a, a session musician, session musician is a person that's basically a professional musician, whether they play a string instrument like a guitar, a violin, a bass guitar, uh, a bass, okay, cello, anything like that, violin. Uh, a drummer, a pianist, um, you know, and a whole host of other musical instruments, uh, saxophone, trombone. Um, and then what these people would do, they would assemble these, um, the producers would assemble these professional musicians, and they would get together, and that's what they did. They played the music. So the recordings are actually, in many cases, the Beach Boys did it, um, the Doors did it, Frank Zappa did it, uh, Obviously, people like um, Elvis Presley had session uh, musicians behind him. Uh, Richie Valens was had session musicians behind him. A lot of people, and uh, which and the Monkees, probably most notably the Monkees. And but in, in in their case, to their defense, they were actually musicians as well. When they when they if you follow up or read up on the on the Monkees a little bit, you'll find out that they were actual musicians and and singers and professional in their in 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 the music world. Before they were um, on the TV show, and then, um, which helped obviously. But when they did the TV show, it was supposed to be a show about uh, you know a couple of musical guys and the trials and tribulations of uh, you know their, their little exploits and so on. But in reality, they're actually not bad musicians. But for the recordings, they were all done professionally. And the reason being is because that way these guys are professional musicians, the session musicians, and they know exactly what's going on. They're on key. And yes, do they do it over and over and over and over and over and over and over? Oh yeah, sure they do. You know, because it's a combination of you know what the artist wants and what the uh, producers want. You know, and then the musicians, you know, they just, you know, they're professional musicians. They know what they got to do. They got to be on key. They got to be. Uh, you know, timing's very important. Um, you know, all the uh, audio equipment has to be set up. So. Anyway, so we have a person coming on that's going to be talking about that. Uh, Tommy, what? You got your hand up. Can yeah, I, uh, I question, have a question. question? Question in the back room there. Okay, sir. This is from the real news. This is from the real news. Yes. Okay. When it comes to the summertime theme, right? what kind of a, um automobile or something would be considered a summertime, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, a convertible? I mean, Obviously, oh, yeah, convertible, sports right. cars, uh, things like that. Yeah, well, sports cars, yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, pretty much open cars. 
And in Florida, oddly enough, as much as we have basically 365 days out of the year, we have some pretty decent weather with the exception of the rain. In the summertime, it's really too hot to drive a convertible. I mean, unless it's in the evening because the humidity will kill you. You know, like, for example, this morning. Around here. Around here, yeah. The rain was really, really, really nasty this morning. So, obviously, once the ground was cooking, all this humidity just kind of emits up in the air. And so, if you're standing out there, you just, uh, it's like somebody threw a wet towel on you. It's pretty bad. However, in the wintertime, it's perfect. Now, in California, by contrast, you know, and, and, and places up north, you know, where it's drier in the summertime, uh, you can drive those cars, you know, and, and have a blast. So so the Beach Boys made a lot of those summertime car songs, right? They did. Like, uh, She's Real Fine, My 409, and uh, let's see what else to do. Um, God. Uh, sur- uh, no, Surf City was Jan and Dean. Um, Little Lady from Pasadena, I think it was Jan and Dean, too. Uh, man, I'll tell you what, it's terrible when you get old because your memory just goes back. But anyway, while we're on the subject of music, why don't you go ahead and cue up that song real quick and let's play a little Steeler's Wheel. Since we have a YouTube to the right and a Facebook to the left, and I'm stuck in the, and you guys are stuck in the middle with me. So hey, you're tuning into Nostalgia Radio and Cars, don't touch that dial, we'll be right back. I got the feeling of something right. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. some money after 911 and 411 call 541 that's 727-541-1741 call Gulfstream motorsports for a diminished value report due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business i'm very good with wrecks so if your car's been involved in a wreck call me for a diminished value report call 727-541-1741 you may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle and visit us at gulfstreammotorsports.com Looking for car shows? Then look no further than flacarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, flacarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at flacarshows.com. Okay, we're back, and you're tuning into Nostalgic Green Room Cars. You know, it's really weird. Is half the time, either my ears are going bad or we had something going on here because I couldn't tell whether we were on or not. We're live, right? We are live. Okay, so just just to, just to clear that point. Anyway, uh, speaking of car shows, Bobby just made that uh, little thingy here on the uh, Florida Car Shows Minute. And again, you know, if you guys want to find out where all the car shows are in the state of Florida, definitely check out flacarshows.com. So whether you're in East Florida, West Florida, South Florida, North Florida, someplace in Florida, you know, even in Clearwater, Florida, there's probably a car show going on somewhere sometime 
someplace. Anyway, of course, the big thing that's coming up here pretty soon, and we're all looking forward to that, is the Monterey Collective Car Week. That takes place the third week in August in Monterey, California, in the Monterey Peninsula, where everybody that is anybody that is worth their salt, I should say, uh, will descend on the Monterey Peninsula. And there will be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people there, just to partake in that one week of automotive mayhem. You got races going on, you got auctions going on. I've got obviously you got the concourse taking place on Sunday, which is the grand finale of the week on Monterey Car Week. You've got the Quail uh, event that takes place. You've got uh, the McCall Motorsports Revival. You got uh, Legends of the Autobahn, which is pretty much pretty much pretty much um, Mercedes Benzes and Audis and Volkswagens and all kinds of German cars. And then you have the Vex Reunion, which is pretty much predominantly all and everything you want to experience with Porsche, Porsche automobiles. So whether you got a 356, whether you got a 911, whether you got a 991, whether you got a 996, whether you got a 997, whether you got a, I guess it's a 997.1, a 997.1 and a half, a 997.12. Porsche, I'm not sure exactly got their... I don't know what they're doing. But anyway, of course, now we can joke and say uh, uh, Porsche's a Volkswagen. You know, it used to be Porsche was Porsche, and uh, at least there's still some pedigree. But now that Volkswagen pretty much dominates, actually, I believe that Volkswagen is the number one, the largest automobile conglomerate in the world. And I think, I'm trying to think who's number two, might be, might be. Chrysler, now that they just recently picked up Renault and Citroën, and uh, somewhere in there is General Motors and Ford and Toyota and Nissan and I don't know. You know, there's there's, there's so much consolidation going on. It's not just in the automobile automobile industry, but it's happening in a lot of lot of a uh, lot of a lot of manufacturing is uh, there's this consolidation going on. So, am I a big fan of that necessarily? No, because I think we lose, you know, we lose that pedigree. You know, so it's just like you don't really know what your own. Uh, case in point, we were going to get some parts for a friend of mine's Toyota not too long ago. So we went over to the local trusty local uh, Toyota dealership here, and uh, so I think we got a set of bearings. I think that's what we were looking for, and we we're looking for some parts. And the problem you got is, is again, I come from the parts industry. And so I'm real particular about parts. And when you're doing a job for a customer, and in my case, I don't really do the repair work, but I, a lot of times I often procure parts. So when I'm procuring parts, I'm real particular about what I buy. So I, try to, I want to make sure I'm getting a good quality part. There is a difference in, in, in the cost of the part. So, for example, we bought a part that was for a Toyota. Now, let me, let me sum this up. It was actually for a Lexus, and Lexus is owned by Toyota. So Lexus is their Highline car, right? So the part, if you buy it for a Toyota, it is, let's just say, 80 bucks. If you buy it for a Lexus, it's uh, $120. If you buy the part generic, it's $40. So what I typically do, and a lot of guys won't go to these extremes, but because I'm kind of particular about it being a parts junkie, we actually picked up the part, bought one part 
from the Toyota dealership, okay, for the Lexus. Then we went to the parts house, which is a parts distributor where I have an account. And we had the gentleman behind the counter, who's a good friend of mine, Dan Dan, the main man, because he's from Maine. We pulled two reproduction or knockoff generic parts out of a box to compare with our OEM part, original equipment manufacturer, to just to make the comparison and to justify, do we want to spend $130, $85, or $40 for a part? Now, keep in mind, if you don't buy a really, really good quality part and you're the mechanic, which you have to kind of sell your customer on this, is what happens is if that part goes defective, that poor mechanic's got to do that job over because he's got to stand behind it. So it's to his advantage to try to sell you on the idea that you've got to get buy a good quality part if you're going to keep the car and you want it to last. So when we took the bearing out, my eyes aren't the greatest, but I could at least make out that the factory part in the OEM Toyota box for the Lexus says made in Japan. So that gave us the assurance that chances are that was a genuine, original, OEM, spec, operative word there, spec part. The reproduction part, or the knockoff part as we call them, the one actually said Japan on it. The other one proudly displayed China. Now when you hold all three parts in your hand, you could look at them. The Chinese part was very crudely made, didn't have chamfered edges or radius edges or anything like that. It was a crude part. You could see, okay, well, if I was just fixing the car and slapping it together and making it go down the road just like I blow it out at an auction, chances are that's probably what I would do. Yes, yes, everybody does that because it's a, it's a go-away car. Let the next guy worry about it. It's somebody else's problem. Sadly, that's just the way it works. If you're going to keep the car and it's a customer's car, you obviously want to sell money idea. Look, here's the deal. You can buy this reproduction part, which is made in Japan, Probably expect really, really, really close to the original OEM part. But again, really a third of the cost of the OEM part had it been bought at the Lexus dealership. But since we acquired one at the Toyota dealership, which was about $40 less, and now we're at the parts house, and it's another $40 less, we bought one of each. And we're going to mark them, and we're going to do our own tests and see how long this thing lasts. Because this goes to a friend of mine's car, and he's probably going to drive the wheels off it, as they say. Okay. So anyway, where I'm going with this is that it's really, really critical. Now, there's a company, for example, in my own situation, I was going to buy some parts for my excursion, a hub assembly and a rotor assembly. And there's a company called Centrex, C-E-N-T-R-E-X, or something like that. Okay, they make a lot of OEM spec replacement parts. So here's the thing is... The manufacturers, there's a lot of stuff made in the United States, but there's a lot of stuff that's made overseas. The term they use is import. I have a real issue with that, import. Imported from where? Um, I don't know. You know, I'm like really on the fence about this. I think in a few minutes I'm probably going to have one of my buddies call in uh, if Timmy's listening. And he deals with, uh, he's, a, he's got a regular full-blown repair shops. Him and I can get this thing going pretty good. He obviously fixes the cars and he deals with it. He can tell you about parts because he's got personal experiences with it. I'm just a parts junkie, so my job is just basically to supply the parts. And, uh, but, but again, you know, I caution everybody, you know, you got to look at the part. So, again, here, the two Japanese parts, they looked very similar, but there were differences in it. You could see where the surfaces were slightly, 
you know, there was an extra, I'm not, I can't even describe it, but there was some machining on it that was a little bit different than the manufacturer. There was some componentry in it that was a little bit different than the manufacturer. But overall, it had the same weight, had the same consistency. It was machined very nicely. It was a nicely finished part. So I'm going to, we're going to go with it. But back to the Centrex part. Okay, so I went to the Ford dealership and I got a quote on the, on the rotors. The rotor was 200 and some odd dollars. The Centrex part, very nicely done, very nicely finished, equally as good as the Ford part. About $100 less. Then there was the cut rate Chinese made one. Where I'm going with this, ladies and gentlemen, folks, car guys, everybody, is that what happens is, is that these parts, you know, we want to blame somebody, supposedly. That's what people say. But really what happens in reality is, is that the manufacturer, depending on who it is, because people are conditioned to shop price and not quality, and that's not a good thing, but you got to think about the quality of the part. What happens is, is these parts are made cheaply because it's a price issue. Okay, well, we're just going to, there's some people that just say, I want cheap, and you just get her done. And there's other people that go, no, I don't want cheap. Like, for example, I would sit there, you know, like the issue of the tariffs, okay? Eh, I don't want to really get into politics too much, you know, otherwise I would be in Orlando right now at the Trump rally. But I'm not. I'm here doing my show. And so what happens is, is that the parts... I would sooner pay and gladly pay a few dollars more if I knew that that part was made in America, it was a quality-made part, an American made the part, an American was making an extra buck and taking that extra buck home to his family. That's kind of it in a nutshell, okay? So I really have a little issue with stuff coming from overseas, particularly if the manufacturers spec it because all they're concerned with is, let's just sell a lot of these things and, uh, you know, don't worry about it because people shop price, they don't shop quality. That's not true. What the manufacturers are trying to do and what corporate America is trying to do is condition us to think cheap, throwaway, disposable. You know, they started that stuff in the late 60s, mid-60s, somewhere around in there. And I haven't been too keen on it. I remember when we had our economics class at uh, JC back in the day, which was junior college, Drew U, Coachman High, whatever you want to call it. And um, we, in our economics class, we were talking about that. We were talking about planned obsolescence, globalization, and all this stuff. This goes back in the 70s. So we're talking 40-some-odd years ago. God, did I just date myself? Um, at any rate, long and short of it is, is you know, shop quality. That's that's very very important, and uh, particularly if you want something to last, because it's just not worth it. You know, for the few extra bucks that it costs, you know, it saves you a lot of time because you can be able to take it apart twice. You know, I bought a uh, uh, one thing, for example, on I got a little MGB GT, so I had a rear wheel seal bearings uh, uh, axle seal go bad. No big deal, you know, pull the hub assembly off, pull all the stuff off, pop the old one out, put a new one in, you're fine. So I did that. Problem is, is there are no really good quality parts and an original OEM parts unavailable for that particular car, right? So I had to kind of make do with what I got, the aftermarket stuff that was available. Sure enough, sure enough, here it is a month later, it's leaking. Took everything apart, looked at it, you know, there's nothing you can do. And once it's leaking, it's leaking, you got to take it apart and you got to replace it. Well, look how much aggravation. Now, I, fortunately, it's my car, but still, it's a couple of hours to screw around with that. It kind of ticked me off a little bit because I had other things I'd rather do than sit there and pull a wheel bearing apart on the car and take a seal out, you know, because it's just a little bit of work involved in that. Uh, brake shoes, the, the brake pads, knockoffs, not very good. Wheel cylinders, the same thing. Put a wheel, put a pair of you put wheel cylinders on. By the way, when you do brakes, you do them in sets. So you do the set of rears or you do a set of fronts. Don't do one at a time unless you're in a pinch and you're in a budget. Then you try to get by. Other than that, it's not recommended. You always do them in sets. At any rate, I replaced them as a set. Thought they'd be okay. Sure enough, a year later, wheel cylinder went bad. 
you got to do all that work. Now, that's one thing if you're a hobbyist and you're doing this kind of stuff. But when you're the mechanic and you're doing it, you know, and then you got to explain this to your customer, you know, the, the, the average guy on the street doesn't understand our industry and doesn't understand, well, this thing doesn't work. Now, if you related it to, uh, let's say, like electronics, like a radio, a TV, uh, a cell phone or something like that, which these, you know, two years, and you might as well chuck them because that's the way they're designed. And then they sell you another one, and then you pay and pay and pay and pay. I don't know. After a while, it just gets kind of old, you know, because it's just like you're taking money away. Did, uh, did uh, what's his name called? Okay. Um, Timmy, if you're out there, give me a holler. Uh, I know you're listening because you just called me a few minutes ago uh, on the phone here. So, But anyway, I'll see what else we got queued up on that Ray Didio there. Don't you have something else uh, spinning around that turntable? Oh, my gosh, the knack. All right, go back to 1979 here. Hey, you're tuning into Nostalgia Radio and Cars. How about a little My Sharona? Okay, we're back, and just in case, for those of you that just tuned in or have been tuned in, it says, your live video is no longer discoverable on Facebook because it may contain music, audio, or video that belongs to someone else. Resume your broadcast if you have the rights to share. We do. Otherwise, please finish your broadcast now. If you wish to, blah, 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 blah. This is exactly what I'm trying to tell you guys. See, they... they um, they do not know that we actually have an ASCAP license, and we so we know that they do that on YouTube. YouTube, and so now they did it on on Facebook. So if you were tuned in and then all of a sudden we went away, what happened was is Facebook blocked us because we were playing two minutes of the song, and uh, apparently they, they so it's not on right now. No, just now it, it, I actually had to click it back on to resume. Okay. okay. So now, see, this is one of the reasons why we're doing this as a pilot. We're trying before I do, and like I said, I, we we knew we had some new gadgets that we're going to play with here on the radio show. So I wanted to make sure that I have a kind of a little bit better understanding of how all this works, so I can explain to everybody because this is just the reality of it. So we, you know, a lot of radio stations that play music, we have what they call an ASCAP license again to reiterate that, and we pay a fee, and that's a service, and that money basically goes to take care of all the guys that have, uh, you know, the the people that are the 
Um, what's the word I'm looking for? The their what's the word I'm thinking of? It's their intellectual property. It's so it's their it's their music and their stuff. So what you have to do is everybody pulls in and they get their little bit of they get their coin. So at any rate, so uh, we got blocked there for a second, and then it said blah 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 blah, and then it hit resume, and then I hit resume, and then we're cool with it. So here we are. So now we know how that little game works, and we're playing a little charade, and somehow we're going to have to communicate with those guys, saying, "Hey, look, guys, this is the we got the license, we can do this." So you know, as long as we're here in the studio, we can do that. I see the phone ringing in the background there, so chances are it's somebody calling in. Ah, oh, I got to kiss my breath. Do you believe that? Oh man. At any rate. So, uh, and that was my little rant here about the parts business because, uh, you know, it just kind of frustrates me when I kind of have to go through this every once in a while. I think people, that, uh, Bobby, yes. Bobby, hey, buddy, how you doing? Okay, so, Cap uh, pays the royalty. Okay. I don't remember if you said that word, but maybe that was what you're looking for. That was the, well, I wasn't sure. I said intellectual properties, but it royalties. Okay, so, that's, yeah, you, since you understand yeah. it, you can explain it to everybody while they're listening. Yeah. So, so it's ask. It's right. I said ask cap, right? That's what it's called. Yep. Correct. Okay. Good. So how are things in Orlando? You got a lot of rain up there? No, right. Yeah, rain. It should have either passed us first or passed you first. One of the two. Usually we do get the same rain. We got we got our rain in the morning. So, uh, but uh, I, so. I can hear your commercial playing in the rain. Uh, <laughs> when it comes over here. Anyway, all right. So uh, so everything's looking good on your end then, basically, right? Yeah. Okay, do I need to sit up? Do I need to kind of my posture? Okay. I mean, are we doing okay here? You know, because I mean, my, Bobby's my 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 greatest critic. So, whatever he says, I do. So, that's what we should do. We should play the song Puppet Man, and then uh, that way, because I'm like his little puppet. You know, I'm puppeting around here. But anyway, uh, so uh, um, what was I talking about? Oh, we were talking about cars and um, yep. and about the parts, and then we were talking about uh, session musicians, which, since you're in theater, you kind of understand a lot of that stuff, too, and uh, how a lot of that is, um, uh, you know, when you have, um, I, I guess, what would be, in in theater, what would be, like, a, to session musicians for music, what would be the comparable group or staff in, in theater, what would you have? You know, like you're supporting people there that are kind of like, what would they call those people? Or is there such um, a thing? Well, well in, in orchestras that play for uh, musicals and whatnot, um, which play, you know, all different types of music, um, depending on the musical, mm-hmm. um, they, uh, a lot of them are session mus- musicians on the side, especially in the orchestra. I mean, some of the local ones just, you know, do, uh, you know, they play with the, the you know, Florida Orchestra or Orlando Philharmonic if they're up here, stuff like that. But uh, a lot of the uh, union musicians and whatnot up there in the north and out west and whatnot, they will, uh, some of them are session musicians, some of them have been, some of them uh, will, you know, go on to... Uh, Form other bands and whatnot, stuff like that. Um, it kind of it depends. I mean, some of them like to keep their work fairly consistent in theater, and some of them uh, like to do a little bit of theater and then you know have a band on the side and all different things like that. It depends. Um, well, like for example, now do you have? Let's say, for example, in theater, aside from the musicians, the orchestra, and people like that. 
Do you have, let's say, not to use this term, I don't know if this is the right word for it, but let's just say extras. Are there people that are, like, uh, supporting um, thespians, if you will, since it's theater, that uh, are, are, like, always there and then just have to kind of, uh, you know, go with the flow? They're kind of like the extras that help out on on, on the main uh, theater event, or is that uh, different with Well, yeah, almost, you almost said it. Um, so there's... Uh so there are swings and whatnot, and uh, and understudies and whatnot, and that's that's kind of that's probably the closest thing to what you're uh, getting at. Mm-hmm. Um, swings learn multiple multiple uh, course roles and stuff like that in order to um, be able to cover a lot of different tracks. So that you know, because you, you you can't have necessarily a understudy for every single every single actor. So you know. The principal roles will have their their understudies that only learn that particular role, and then you'll have swings that uh, learn several different course tracks. So you know they might be uh, they might be person on the park bench one scene. They might be they might learn the police officer role. They might learn the you know the uh, the uh, cashier, whatever, whatever you know, different stuff like that. Um, and things like that. So that's probably the closest. Okay. Um, what you thinking? In your capacity, um, you use the term shadow every once in a while. Why don't you explain to our listeners what exactly someone does when they shadow? Well, I mean, you can shadow in any... You can shadow at a radio station. You can shadow uh, in a the theater. You can shadow a doctor. You can shadow a mechanic. All right, so shadow, um, shadow means what? Um, it's essentially a, you know, prearranged observation of uh, one, usually one-on-one. Okay, so uh, basically uh, it's someone like you that's, let's say, an understudy, and you're shadowing a professional, which would be someone that would be... Well, no, 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 I'm no? not an understudy. You, your perspective, you know, you want to get into that career field okay. or whatever, things like that. So in a college term, it's, you know, a student is a, could be shadowing a professional on so it's not in, it's not interning, right? It's not like a little no, intern. no, no. Okay. It's a, typically it's a you know voluntary thing. It's a, you you network, you make a connection. That's why I said it can be like that in any any industry. Um, so you make a connection, and then uh, you know different industries and different companies have different varying levels of you know how organized their they use the word shadow. I mean, some of them, uh, you know, offer it kind of like as a, uh, you know, they have a, a system down to like where they um, they already know what, what, what show you're going to shadow, what, you know, when's the best time, stuff like that. And some, some companies are a little more lax about it, and it's just, uh, you um, or in theater, some shows are a little lot more lax about it, where it's just like, uh, well, I just met you. You're very interested in this uh, field. Um, you know, would you be interested in uh, a shadowing opportunity or something like that? Or vice versa, you meet somebody and say, well, I'd really love to uh, shadow your show sometime or shadow your, you know, whatever particular uh, capacity you're looking to to observe, you know, sometimes it works both ways in that 
that area. Okay. Um, one of the things we're going to talk about is uh, if you want to switch over to that real quick since we're on the subject of college and UCF. And we were talking about colleges the other day. We were talking about, uh, what was it, the Florida Polytech, which is that one in Lakeland? What's it called? Uh, Florida Polytechnic. Okay. Yeah, and, uh, Florida Polytechnic. Right. And then we were talking about uh, UCF. And then uh, about, a, about a month ago or three weeks ago, I had a gentleman call me up from uh, – uh, Cape, what's it, no, what's it over there? Cocoa Beach, Cocoa Beach. And um, mm-hmm. he called about a car that we have for sale in Mustang. And he wanted to come over and look at it. So on his way over here, um, we started talking. But it turns out he was German. And he went to the University of Miami. And he had an a, uh, engineering degree. And then he ended up working for NASA. And he's, uh, we're trying to get him on the show because he's kind of an interesting guy. Never mind the fact that he speaks German. And we were kind of like hitting it off there real well. And he's in the Mustangs, which was really, really cool. But he works on a program over at NASA, and it's uh, called Swampworks. I think you can Google it, Swampworks. And what it is, and what it entails basically is he's in this little trapped in this little laboratory with a couple other engineers, and they're building um, robotic and mining equipment for the upcoming space program to send vehicles to, I believe, the moon. Maybe it's Mars. I'm not sure. I get them mixed up every once in a while. I, uh, but anyway, someplace up there in one of those little round balls that are bouncing around this. <laughs> and uh, so, and what they're going to do is they're going to uh, search for minerals and water. And uh, they know that, is it, uh, you know, it's, I really haven't been following that too much. Bobby, you're probably up on it. Is it the Mars? Did they find water on Mars? Is that what it was? That's where, yeah, that's where it's most okay. possible. I think that's what it is. I think so. So basically, they're they're coming up with this mining equipment, and uh, it's real interesting because um, you know you don't think about that. And of course, you know we don't have the space shuttle program anymore. And of course, you know you got Elon Musk out there. You know he's shooting rockets up left and right. So he's got that down to a science. Actually, he's doing better with the rockets than the car, in my opinion. And he probably should go into the rocket business. And um, so anyway, so the way this program is is the United States basically is funding this program and developing these equipment. And then what they're going to do is once they do all the experimentation and they get it kind of fine-tuned then obviously they're going to sell it off to somebody else and they're going to because the government has unlimited funds you know which uh is kind of good and bad you know if they use the unlimited funds for good things like in this case you know where they're doing r d and and uh we're going to kind of expand and explore into outer space and come back and the net result is going to be something that's going to be beneficial to man and society and those of us roaming around here on this uh billion-year-old planet, um, that makes a lot of sense. I think that's kind of cool. So we're going to try to get uh, Mr. Müller, his name, uh, Mr. Müller on the radio show, and we're going to talk about these programs. And uh, I think it would be kind of fascinating because there's a lot of stuff that goes on here. You know, it's funny because I was talking about, you know, our little gadgets. We've got the YouTube thing. We've got the, uh, our YouTube over there and Facebook over there. And then it's like I have my phone right here. So, you know, I get texts during the show from time to time, people. And so what I typically do is uh, if there's a question, I respond to it. If it makes sense, uh, if I've got time to ask for it, if it's relevant or something like that, sometimes I just get other little messages and stuff. But look at all the I devices. don't believe that. Who, who, who would ever send you a text during the show? <laughs> um, so, but, but where I'm going with this is look at all the devices we have. I mean, we're getting so technologically advanced right now you know, with a lot of this stuff, and we have all this stuff at our fingertips. I mean, when I look back you know, 30, 40 years ago, I mean, I think my first cell phone I had, which was the Brick, the Motorola Brick, which was actually developed in 1973 or 4, the the pilot program, 
and then it became available to the public, uh, I think in 84, 85, because that's when I got mine. But prior to that, I actually had a VHF phone, which basically was even hard to get a phone in your vehicle. And I had one because I traveled a lot, so I had to have a, I needed to be in constant communication with the shop. And so my old VHF phone was kind of mounted into my truck at the time. And you actually had to get on a waiting list. The only people who could get that were doctors and, and emergency vehicles and, and anybody else that, uh, you know, sometimes was a two-year waiting list. Well, I was on the waiting list for about a year and a half or something like that, and I finally got one. And then about a year and a half after that, they came out with a cell phone. So, so much for the uh, VHF phone. But anyway, it's, it's, it's amazing how this advancement, you know, is, is exponential. You know, it goes, it starts out with something real simple, and then it gets kind of very complex, comp, complex, and then it develops, and then, you know, all the brains get to work. And it's kind of like, it's, it's like, you know, a lot of things. You know, when you, when you start out with something, you can perpetuate it. You know, you just get it, and you start with something, come up with an idea, then you build on that, and you build on that, and you build on that. Racing's the best example. You know, um, aerodynamics is a good example. Back in the 60s, you know, people didn't really understand aerodynamics. People didn't understand uh, composite materials, you know, um, Kevlar, uh, carbon fiber, all this stuff. And a lot of it came out of aero, aeronautics and aerospace and titanium. A lot of the materials that they use in racing these days, you know, I mean, the lighter the cars, the stronger the cars. You know, the 24-hour Le Mans just took place over the weekend. I think Toyota uh, cleaned house. Um, let's see, I think in the GT class, GTE class, I think, uh, Ferrari won. There was no Lamborghinis this year. Porsche came in second. Ford was third, and Corvette was somewhere down on the bottom. And uh, Audi was in there. Aston Martin was in there. And um, But, you know, a lot of those cars use all this high-tech aerospace-developed uh, equipment in, you know, in their running gear and their suspension components and all that stuff. So, you know, that's the good thing, you know. So, uh, ra- And then this racing stuff eventually finds its way into your production car. And uh, Tommy, are you waving at me, or just tell me you got four, you got four fingers holding up? Okay, he's doing both. So he's waving four fingers. I mean, he's waving at me. We got four minutes left. So, ah. but anyway, my how time flies. And this is the one hour a week that I just kind of look forward to, where I just, I don't know, I'm just happy to be here, and uh, we talk and talk and talk. But anyway, um, so you know, if you just have to, it's kind of where I was going with the parts and stuff. You know, I mean, technology has changed so much, and uh, you know, when you when you I have tools that are that are 50, 60, 70, 80 years old that I've acquired over the years. You know, and you look at the stuff that they had back in the day, particularly when you look at machine machinery, let's say like a Bridgeport or something like that. Everything was extremely precise. It's not that we never had the technology or the ability to make precision equipment or tooling or anything like that. It's just that it was very costly, and the materials that we used were bulky, you know. And just heavy and, and, and so on, you know. But things were designed to last forever. There was no such thing. People said, nah, we're not going to build something that lasts five years and then replace it in five years. But uh, technology didn't advance back in those days, you know, in the 20s, 30s, and 40s. I mean, it was, it, there was advancement, but it was on a slow pace. Today, with the technology, you know, what's, what's in today is obsolete tomorrow. I mean, obviously, look at uh, a lot of the technology that we have. Right, Bobby? Fair statement? Yeah. I mean, uh to go back to what you're saying with the rockets, um, you know, a lot of this technology that's been going up on these most recent uh, SpaceX rockets is technology that we need to be able to send vehicles into space and or put them on the planets out there and, you know, hopefully not lose track of them the minute they touch down there, you know. Well, 
Anyways, we got about, uh, what, a minute and a half, two minutes left. But anyway, I want to thank uh, everybody again for tuning in to Nostalgic Getting Cars. And I see we have some people that have been watching us on YouTube or on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm one of them. You're one of them. Okay. Um, so at any rate, I'm not exactly sure how to do all this stuff because, uh, you know, I just know the basics. So rather than screw something up, I'm not going to touch anything until afterwards. I'm just going <laughs> to wave at everybody and say thanks for tuning in. And don't forget, next week. Rip Check we Barbecue. Oh, yeah, today's, uh, well, yeah, Rip Shack Barbecue, if you... FLA Car Shows. FLA Car Shows, yeah, Rip Shack Barbecue. That was uh, 426 West Bay Drive. And uh, don't forget to stop by and see my buddy Jake over there at uh, Midway Shoe Repair. You know, he fixes my soul. He just makes me feel really, really good. So I can go out there and chat. Now, next week, we start Legends of the Summer. we got a very special guest coming on next week, and we'll probably have three or four uh, weeks... Following that, we're going to have some really interesting guests on. So be sure and tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars back then. In the meantime, I want to see some of you guys hang out at some of the car shows. you got to do the car shows. And uh, hopefully you're driving your cars. In spite of the rain, make sure you got a good driver. And uh, get a good mechanic. Buy some good parts. And uh, anything you want to add, Bobby? That's it. That's it? Okay. Well, on that note, here's a little uh, The Doors. Now, this is a studio version, so you know they've got some session musicians in the background here. So, <laughs> at any rate, I hope everybody has a great weekend. And uh, we'll see some of the car shows. In the meantime, everybody stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. See you guys. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.